This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Ponco Chicken. Ponco Chicken, if you did not already know, is a unique spin on Japanese and Western cuisine. Uh, there are stores, if you're not familiar, um, all around the Atlanta area. Uh, there's one in Marietta now. There's one in Buckhead. There's one in Shambly. There's one in uh, Midtown. They're popping up everywhere because Ponco is awesome and uh, they're like family. So um, go check out Ponco if you have not already. It is the home of the award-winning Japanese American Chicken Tender. Just to brag on them a little bit more, they were Verizon Super Bowl Live top-selling vendor, three-peat Taste of Atlanta award winner. Uh, Midtown Alliance Best Taste winner. Just they won all the awards because Ponco is great and Ponco is delicious. So if you are in the Atlanta area and are looking to try something new and good and delicious, go check out Ponco Chicken today and tell them that I sent you over. Uh, also, if you have not already, go check out chasemonspodcast.com. It's where all of my episodes to all of my podcasts are, all of my writing that I do, uh, more information on me and who I am um, and why you should be listening to this podcast and reading my work and all of that great stuff. Go do that. Go to Chase Thomas Podcast today. If you're an Apple podcast listener, go ahead and leave me five stars and a rating and a review. That's great. I need it. Um, it helps the show continue to grow and all of that good stuff. Um, you can listen on SoundCloud, Spotify, like I said, Apple, Google Play, everywhere where you can get your podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast will be there. So go do that today um all right i think that's everything we can get into today's episode uncle darren let's go chase thomas pod the chase thomas podcast um my nephew needs me to record see i hate i already hate it i hate it all right welcome back to a monday afternoon edition of the chase thomas podcast first timer daniel daniel valente of steelers depot is here daniel good afternoon how are you doing I'm not bad. How about you? Thanks for having me. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. You're you're on location now, right? Yeah. So right now I'm in uh, Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. So I finally just got uh, caught up with all the games from yesterday. Has anything happened in Mobile? Is the game? I I haven't been. I don't keep up with the Shrine Bowl and the just uh, the senior bowl and all those different events they're doing is, is that happened yet? Or is it still, is it happening later this week? Yeah, it's later this week. It's a Saturday. Okay. Today's just like the introduction press conference. And then, yeah. Who are you looking at? Who, um, who do you have your eye on this week? Um, I mean, there's, there's a number of guys, um, you know, the quarterbacks have me intrigued. There's like Jalen Hurts is here. Uh, a couple wide receiver prospects, you know, but it's just, it's just a chance for a lot of guys, a lot of seniors to make their name known one last time before the draft. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I think uh, that should be interesting. Um, but he, I, I don't. I can't say I've always been dying to go to Mobile, Alabama. That has not been on my bucket list. Yeah, it's a really small place. Um, <laughs> the airport's small. Uh, it's kind of refreshing though because I'm coming from Canada. So in Canada, we're buried in like 20 centimeters of snow right now, and here mm. there's not a drop of snow and snipe. It's like 20 degrees Celsius. I don't know what that converts to in Fahrenheit. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, uh, it's pretty nice. Well, we're going to get into some of the games here, and I do have some Steeler stuff I want to ask you about. But first, I want to get your thoughts on Tom Brady um, going on the radio this week and um, Westwood One and talking about being open-minded about playing elsewhere. Do you... um, have you thought about this? Do you think Brady actually might like yeah, the Patriots? So, so that's been on my mind for for a while because, you know, you saw the rumors where his house was for sale, his trainer's house went up for sale. And I just think when there's smoke, there's fire. and There's There's got to be something there, like something's up, you know? So it wouldn't surprise me if Brady is playing in a different uh, for a different team in 2020. Is there a team that you think he would fit best with at this point? If I had to pick one, I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Chargers. Why? Just because it's like he's going back to L.A. He's going back to L.A. That's where he's from. He's comfortable with there. Um, I'm sure his wife can still do her modeling stuff from out of L.A. Yeah. I, um, How about you? The Chargers make a lot of sense, um, but they're just... You know what's weird about the Brady stuff is... <laughs> everything is about crafting narrative and using leverage. He's very, I, it's hard to read him because I think he is just so pointed and thoughtful in what he's doing. I don't think he goes on the radio and says he's open-minded unless he's just really, he's negotiating out in the public. But I, um, yeah. I don't know. I think he's, for him to complain about his salary, like he's, he's upset about his salary. Like it, he, I forgot what his exact verbiage was, but it was just something along the lines of like, it's an embarrassment that he made X amount of money this past year. But like, that's been his whole thing. And that's like kept them in Super Bowl after Super Bowl is that they've gotten Tom Brady to take discounts. Like he has a great agent. He is agreeing to all these pay cuts and restructuring and everything else. Like he is, it's, he has been in on all of the contract negotiations and what's gone on in the new England Patriots organization the last 20 years. Like I, I think that's kind of funny to me where he's just suddenly now annoyed at how much money he's making and uh, the one year deals and all that kind of stuff, because um, he, I think he had a lot of pull and I think he could have easily put them in a position where he's like, no, y'all are making me the highest paid quarterback in football like three years ago. I think he could have, forced their hand and done that just with what we know about the crafts and everything else like i i thought that was a little annoying that brady is positioning it now yeah like, that's a little pay. fishy too because like like you said he's always been the guy to take the pay cut and that's what's helped keep them competitive and at the top all these years but i don't know i mean if i was throwing to some of those receivers he was throwing to i might want out of there too yeah, that I, mean, offense, I don't it was disagree really with dreadful. that either. Like, you understand that perspective where, like, this was the most limited they've ever been, um, at least since, like, the early 2000s with, like, Troy Brown and David Gibbons and stuff like that. But, like, um, I don't know. It, it's weird. The A-B stuff obviously didn't work out. And Sonny Michelle using a first-round pick on him was not great. Um, there's Gronk's retirement, obviously not great. But I... 
my gut still says that he's using all of this as leverage to make the Pats be very, very active in getting him talent uh, this offseason. I, I still don't think he leaves, and yeah. I think he signs like a weirdly long contract with the Pats. <laughs> like, I think he's going to get like a three-year deal or something from them. Man, my worst fear is seeing that guy play until like his 50s and just continue dominating the Steelers because I can see that happening too. Well, that guy's like the, the nightmare that won't go away. <laughs> well, you know, like that's the other thing that's like the elephant in the room about the Chiefs, right? Is they, it's a great moment. Reed got over the hump, one in five in conference championship games, all that kind of stuff. But like he got to avoid the Pats. Like that was just a great yeah. thing. Like he got to avoid the Patriots. Like this could have been the Steelers or any of these other AFC yearly juggernauts that just fall victim to the Patriots. But um, when the Patriots get knocked out early, you're like, oh, we actually get to see someone else who's really good. They just can't beat the Pats in the playoffs. And uh, thankfully, the the Titans ended that uh, for everybody else. Yeah, that's why this postseason has really been like kind of refreshing. You know, I feel like we've been suffocated with the Pats for like the last 20 years now almost, right? So now we finally get to see some new faces and I couldn't be happier. I mean... I know the Steelers didn't make it, but this is just about as uh, good of a postseason as you could wish for. Is So, the Steelers, do you think Big Ben is coming back? Is he getting one more year? What do you think happened to the quarterback position? Um, until I hear otherwise, I'm going to say he's back. But then again, like I'm not a doctor. We don't really know much about his injury. They haven't even really said what the surgery was. But until he says I'm done or until someone says I'm done, I'm just going to assume he's coming back for 2020. If you had to place him um, among the 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL going into the 2020, where would he fall on the list right now based on what you've seen the last two years? Because um, it's been very different with the way that people have talked about Ben and his accuracy and what kind of ball he's throwing now. Like It, it does seem like there's more questions surrounding where he actually fits in the groupings of NFL quarterbacks now? Um, I don't know, it's tough to say with the injury. Yeah, it's tough to say with the injury and stuff just because there's so much of uh, an unknown surrounding him now. But if, like, removing that, I still think he's in the top 10. I mean, it might be biased, but... Top 10? If he comes back healthy, yeah, I mean, he's still in my top 10. Okay. Would you... How about you? Where would you put him? I this is tough. Um <laughs> I would probably put him in somewhere in the fifteen, like top fifteen range. Top ten seems high. Um yeah. at this point in his career, because like when you think about it with Rogers, Mahomes, Brady, Dak, Carson, Wilson, Lamar, um, Deshaun. Uh, let's see who else can we throw in here. Um, Matt Ryan, and I think that's probably it for my like definitive top ten. Like they have to be somewhere in there. Um, so he's probably like in yeah. that Drew Brees. Um, uh, let me think. Drew Brees, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy G, somewhere in that range like i think he's like if you told me he was the 12th best quarterback in football right now i would i would be okay with that top 10 seems high. yeah like i feel I'll, okay i'll give you like 8 to 12 i would put him like somewhere I'll, in that I'll do that yeah that's fine in that ballpark yeah i think that's fair um if you're still uncertain come draft time and you're obviously a big draft guy based on what you know about the quarterbacks coming in mm-hmm. 
would you be upset the Steelers drafted a quarterback in round one? Oh, I would be tremendously upset if they wasted their first round or if they wasted their, uh, they don't have a first this year. They have a second, but if they use it on a quarterback, I'd be pretty, yeah, I'd be pretty disappointed. The Minka Fitzpatrick trade. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Just because I feel you got to surround Ben. Assuming he comes back healthy, you got to surround him with the weapons he needs to make that final run, keep that defense together. So what do you want to see them do? What is your draft plan for the Steelers this year? Um, tight end, probably number one. Uh, Vance didn't really have a year that many were hoping for. What's he um, And then I think you got to address... Oh, I don't know. You're enjoying <laughs> the retirement home. <laughs> but honestly, he could probably... Heath Miller could probably come back and be our best tight end right now if we got rid of Vance. Um, Just because we were so sad. weak at that position, especially behind Vance, too. But then again, it's so hard to um, try to evaluate the offense based on last year because, you know, quarterback play was inconsistent. They were, you know, playing hot potato with quarterback. So it's tough to really say who had a down year and was it because of their skill declining or more so just the quarterback at hand? Yeah. um, I don't know. I'm... I'm interested to see what they do and which quarterbacks fall. Like the senior bowl, like you have Jalen Hurts falling. I, I we don't really mm-hmm. know where he's going to go. Is he going to go late first, early second? Like that's someone who might be available for the Steelers in the second round. Um, but also, yeah, there's there's a lot of wild cards. I um, what did you think after the full season? Do you think Mink, the Minka Fitzpatrick trade was worth it for Pittsburgh? <laughs> oh uh, yeah, I would make that trade a hundred times. Okay, just because how often are you going to draft a guy like that who can come, come right in and provide value um, right off the bat and give you five interceptions, all the turnovers. Yeah. Um, I thought the Steelers, it it would be interesting to see what happens with their season. Like, I think they're a playoff team. If Ben plays the whole year and then you're like, Oh, does that mean (laughs) the Titans aren't in? Does that mean like, it's just interesting how we look at everything if Ben Roethlisberger doesn't get hurt. And also if they don't waste time playing Mason Rudolph, right? Like what if they were playing duck Hodges all season? Do they still make the playoffs in your opinion? No, see, I don't think so. I'm more of a Mason guy rather than the duck really? guy. Yeah. Okay. What's the case? What do you still like about Mason Rudolph? Um, I just think he went through a lot this year in terms of uh, adversity, more so both on the field, off the field. So he was, he was put in a tough spot. Um, that knockout concussion he got against the Ravens, I feel really set him back. And then, you know, he had one bad game, or sorry, two two bad games, once again against the Browns and the other against the Bengals. But then when even when he came back in against the Jets, he didn't look he didn't look that bad. You know, I feel like they win that game if he stays in there. And Duck Duck had a great few games, but then, you know, small sample size, the more he got in there, the more his flaws really started to rear their ugly heads. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, regardless, I think we had probably some of the worst quarterback play in the league, and it's just a testament to how good that defense was that we were able to get to even eight wins this year, and we were eight and five at some point. Yeah. I, I think the Steelers are in good shape, and I think they're, I picked them to win the AFC North before the season. Um, we'll have to see what happens next year in Burrow and Cincinnati and what the new coaching staff and with Patton and Stefanski. 
in Cleveland looks like. Um, more questions there. Well, the Browns are always wild card, but I would always bet against them until proven otherwise. Um, my other quarterback yeah. thing that I'm interested in, and we know Rivers moved to Florida to be closer to the family, and it seems like it's over in Los Angeles. People are trying to figure out where he goes. There's only one that makes a lot of sense to me where I would really, really like him to be. And I think if I was advising him, this is what I would pitch to him. Can you guess which team I think Philip Rivers should be on next year? Uh, are you going to say Indy? No. What, what team are you thinking? Philly. Philly? If I am Philip Rivers, Ow. Carson Wentz is never going to play a full season. Like, I just, I don't think that guy is going to make it. I love Carson Wentz. There's mm-hmm. just some guys where I'm just like, I, there is a, there's a real thing with guys who are just injury prone. Some people are more injury prone than others. I think there's just something innate about certain people. Like you see kids who can fall off houses and not break an arm. And then other kids do it and they like their arm is detached. Like it's, I think Carson Wentz is one of those people that unfortunately is just more um, likely to get injured. And I think we saw this year, um, just with the Josh McCown experience in the playoff game, like they just always need a good, competent backup. They need not to yeah. like always have a Nick Foles or whoever. And I wouldn't even be opposed to them bringing him back, but I would love Philip Rivers in that offense. Like Carson and Philip actually play a lot, uh, a lot of like, like Foles and Wentz are very different. Foles is downfield, the gunner type. Um, Carson Wentz is intermediate, 70% completion percentage, all that kind of stuff. That's what Rivers likes. And also, Philip Rivers has never played behind a good offensive line in his life. Philly had the best offensive line maybe mm-hmm. in football this year. Like, I would like to see what that looks like in Philly behind a good offensive line with time and uh, hopefully a revamped wide receiver core, the tight ends that he loves. Because, I mean, we know what he thought about um, Antonio Gates for years and years and what he does there. And he already knows Darren Sproles. He'll probably be back for year 35 in Philly. Who knows? Um, like, I just, I think that, is that's the move for Philip is go to Philadelphia, see what happens with Carson and know that you'll probably get your shot and you might, you might stumble your way into the best roster situation of your career. I think it's intriguing. I would just wonder how, how you would fit that like under the cap, you know, because especially Carson Wentz is making big money and uh, you, you know, another team's going to come around and they're going to give Philip Rivers the money he wants. Are they though? He wasn't I good did- this year. I know, but I think so. He's still a big name. Who's doing it, though? Just about every team has a quarterback. Every team has at least... Yeah, that's what... I, I don't know who it is. I don't... Like like you said, the Colts, That's maybe. what makes it tough, too. But the Colts are tied to Brissett, too. Like, they paid Not them. really. Like, that right? contract's really team-friendly. Like, they did a very... Like, yeah. Brissett yeah. negotiated himself and all that kind of stuff. Like, they can get out of that very easily. Like, I think the, the other... Mm-hmm. Who was their backup they paid? Was it... Hoyer they gave like a three-year deal to that I think their backup was more egregious to me I feel like it was Hoyer they gave like a crazy contract to um, yeah I think it may be I don't know I don't think there are many options for him maybe Chicago but I don't think he seems like someone who wants to go play in Chicago at this age of his career um maybe Chicago Carolina. would be interesting though yeah maybe yeah, Carolina's another one I don't think Jacksonville should go I think Jacksonville should go all in on Gardner I would give him a full season with more weapons um, and see what happens. But then again, they're apparently going to hire Jay Gruden as their OC. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah, I would do the same. Give him 16 games and see what he's got and then make a decision from there. 
Are there any other any other interesting offseason storylines that you're monitoring right now in the NFL? Uh, I mean, I'm always monitoring Antonio Brown and what he's up to, but I don't know if that counts. I can't do it anymore, man. It's just sad. <laughs> and I don't know the stuff with the his, yeah, really the police stuff with outside of his house with the gummy bears and everything. That was dark. That was just one of those things where like this is messed up. We have crossed into this is just bad and now kids are involved and i i don't know it's just bad it's getting progressively worse but just bad bad yeah yeah usually when stars like fall from grace you know it's like a really long and uh painful journey but this was so fast it was like you know one year he was one of the top receivers in the nfl and now he's on instagram live cursing all cops it's not great. Um, yeah, it just. I'm monitoring another storyline. Uh, maybe what happens with Le'Veon and Adam Gase there out in New York? Because you know yeah. those two don't get along. Yeah, it's not great. Gase is just like a um, every press conference. You, there's just certain people where I kind of feel bad for him because I I can understand guys who are just like socially awkward to the extent where they <laughs> they should never be in front of a microphone for 20 minutes where he's just too brutally honest all the time and i don't think he's he's like <laughs> i don't think he's trying to be mean or trying to create problems or friction or anything like that like gaze just strikes me as someone who like walks into a conversation and says the worst thing possible with the best intentions or like he's oblivious to everything he says having repercussions. You know what I mean? I, I feel like he's yeah, I think just one of those people who just doesn't know how to say things. Yeah, I think so too. Like where he just speaks his mind freely and then after he's like, oh crap, can't believe I said that. No, I don't even think he knows that. I think someone pulls him aside of like, hey man, um, do you think <laughs> that was the best way to explain that? And he's like, what are you talking about? I think he's oblivious to everything he says. I think there are people like that. Yeah. I struggle with that. Like the lack of filter. Like he doesn't have a filter and he doesn't have the part of his brain where it's like right before he says it, like the, just the neurons don't fire and say, okay, you can say this, but here's how you word this to not cause a problem and have Le'Veon Bell tweet out gifts um, aimed at your direction. Like this is, he misses that part of the thought process. See, I feel like I'm the complete opposite. Like, if I had to step to the podium, I think I would have every possible scenario already analyzed in my head, and then I would end up just fumbling over every single word. I don't know. I have no idea what I would do. I've never been in that position. Um, I would probably... Yeah. I don't... This is a good... I, I don't know. This would be a good exercise. Maybe one day I'll have to do this, but um, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm not envious of those guys who have to do it. Gase clearly hates it, and... um it's they should probably not send him out there anymore uh but yeah i think Levion. i mean if you're the patriots like duh right like he just feels like a future pat like if he's a cap casualty in new york i don't know like i'm uh i don't know if you're a big cap guy but like i'm not gonna pretend that i am an expert in capology but i i would think that that's someone that tom brady would want in new england that that would be something but i don't know if my heart could handle that I mean, that would be the second year in a row that another one of uh, former Steelers went to the Patriots then. But I can see it. That, I mean, there are even rumors that, that he yeah. could 
yeah, there were even rumors that he could like come back to P- Pittsburgh from uh, the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And I would take him back in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, Pittsburgh would be cool again. What I, What would be the worst? Bengals or the Patriots? Or the Ravens? No, the Patriots. Hands down. Oh, man. Neither. <laughs> I would probably probably the, the Ravens. You know what I like about Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, He's not Devontae Freeman. Mm-hmm. That is what I like about Le'Veon Bell. He is not Devontae Freeman. You're not a, you're not a Freeman fan? God, it's one of the worst contracts in the last five years that no one talks about. Like, just <laughs> Kyle Shanahan got yep. him paid. And Kyle Shanahan has missed on a lot of running backs. People don't realize this. So, Jarrett McKinnon has collected $21 million from the San Francisco 49ers and has played exactly zero snaps for them. Zero. Yeah, he, that's true. I was wondering. Like, where did that guy go? That's Joe a name Williams, I haven't heard in a while. Another one who has never played a snap. They Shanahan reportedly pushed for Joe Williams out of Utah fourth round traded up for him never played a snap for the 49ers like he's missed on a lot of running backs tevin coleman i mean they signed him but raheem mustard is the superstar and coleman's been fine for them but yeah like he's actually whiffed on a lot of these dudes but it's really just the offensive line like mcglinchian and their guard play and everything else like shanahan's offense and scheme got freeman played and it's just God, that contract sucked. And I remember at the time just shouting into the void of like, no, do not do this. And they did it. And Freeman has like had one good game in three years. I bet he could get me paid if I if I started playing running back. Oh, if I played running back behind um, Shanahan's scheme for a full year, I'd probably get paid too. How many yards do you think you would get though? Uh, Not a lot up the middle. I would be split out wide a lot. So I would be... Um, <laughs> I would not... Uh, be running up the middle very often. I think I would be on IR pretty pretty quickly. But if you split me out wide, I think I can get matched up with the linebacker every now and then and uh, find some space. Or just hit me on some halfback screens and I fall over pretty early on if I see somebody like um, Zedarius Smith coming towards me. I'm just like, okay, play's over. Uh, I would uh, probably fall to the ground at that point. Um, Frank Clark, probably not looking to get one-on-one with him. Uh, but... Yeah, I think there's a way around it. Do a lot of halfback draws, get the defense to collapse, and then I sneak through the middle, get a little seven-yard gain. I probably average like 2.3 yards per carry. What the hell am I talking about right now? Yeah, <laughs> they got to play to your strengths, you know? <laughs> exactly. What I think uh, I would do is uh, what I would do is uh, pretend to motion, like I'm, I'm going off for the play, and then right at the snap, I'm still on the field, I'm still the 11th man, turn mm-hmm. up field, no one's accounting for me. Easy touchdown. Oh, you've already got this mapped out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um. All right, well, let's talk about the Chiefs and the Titans. Uh, the Chiefs won 35-24 yeah. uh, yesterday. I thought this was the more enjoyable game between the two. Um, I thought this was interesting that Mahomes has led the Chiefs in rushing in back-to-back weeks now. So this is like a new element of his game, which is terrifying because... He was not this mobile. And also, he's been injured. Like, his kneecap was decapitated at one point this season. And um, yeah. that was his biggest issue when they were going through that little <clears throat> midseason spell was that he couldn't move. And now he's out here running just ridiculous touchdown runs against the Titans defense yesterday. Um, that was my, like, biggest, oh, shit. Like, he can he can run now. And I don't know how you stop Patrick Mahomes. I don't think you can. 
I mean, he could beat you in so many ways. And that's that's the way the, the quarterback position is moving now. It's like if you don't have mobility or you can't be elusive, you, you can't really survive. But now you see like Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Lamar. Um, and Mahomes is obviously the, the better passer out of all three, and that's what that's why he's in the Super Bowl. Because <clears throat> yeah. if you take in his numbers, he's got almost 300 yards, three touchdowns. He led the team in rushing. He's got a rushing touchdown. To me, he's like the almost like the Steph Curry of uh, of football, where you know you watch Steph Curry and you're like you see him make all these unbelievable plays, but he makes them look so easy and normal. And I think Mahomes is the same thing on the football field. I um I don't know how you like. I just love that. It, I believe in the Steph Curry comparison in that like the Warriors could be down twenty seven early in the third quarter. And you're just like, no, it's not over. Like they just have to be down a yeah. number where you're like, no, this is still in play. And Mahomes down to nothing. I just was like, oh yeah, they're winning this game. Like twenty four nothing last week. Not worried. The Texans could have been up thirty five nothing at the half, and I would still be like, no, the, the Chiefs still have a good shot at winning this football game, which is insane. I don't think there's anyone else in the NFL that you think that way. And then you look at the Forty ers and the Titans, who kind of play similar football. Um, especially in the postseason, um, they're the exact opposite where it just feels like a lot more has to go their way early for them to survive. And um, I don't know. I feel like the the way the Chiefs play is more likely to provide a long-term, um, a, a better long-term outlook um, for your organization and your team. Um, I thought another thing was interesting about Chiefs is that Spags has done a really good job with this group um, and he's been bad for years now he and he had that one good run in with the giants with a a very stacked defensive line that just destroyed the pats but um i don't know i thought it was interesting that tyra matthew was as good as he was yesterday and he's been great plugged in for eric berry uh they don't have a lot of cornerback depth they all bargain bin guys they made a lot of changes on their defense uh they gave up a lot for yeah even um i think he's a second year guy Traverius. Yeah, Traverius Ward there, second-year corner for the Chiefs. He's really come come into his own this year, too. And there's just a lot of talent on that defense. You know, you, like you mentioned, Tyron Matthew, Frank Clark, um, Traverius Ward. <clears throat> Even they had a big loss um, last week when uh, Juan Thornhill went down. But Daniel Sorensen, you know, he's a veteran. He gets it done. You plug him in. Yeah, their yeah, defense doesn't get enough credit, though, like you're saying. Yeah, and I think yesterday they did a really good job when the Titans went silent. Henry was shut down. Like it was twenty. They the Chiefs went on a twenty nothing run. Um, and I think Spags deserves a lot of credit for the amount of roster turnover. Look at the Chiefs twenty eighteen defense and look at the twenty nineteen defense and just the names. It's unbelievable how much of a change it was over year over year. Yeah, yeah. Do you know who was not good in the Titans Chiefs game? Who? Tremaine Brock. Tremaine Corner for the Titans. Old. He got yeah. gassed a lot in this game, and <clears throat> it was it was bad. They were picking on him a lot. Like he was the Dory Jackson wasn't targeted at all in this game and was really good. Mm-hmm. And then Tremaine Brock was just getting roasted by the Chiefs all game long. Well, that's the thing, especially too, when you have as many weapons as the the Chiefs do. All it takes is one bad matchup, and they're just going to find it and exploit it over and over and over. 
yeah, they're great at this. If you look at week in, week out, their target distribution, it's usually just like 18 targets for Kelsey, 16 targets for Tyree Kill, and then maybe like three targets to another wide receiver. That's it. Yeah. Who I think is really going to even come out uh, maybe next year is uh, McCall Hardman. Yeah. The, uh, the rookie wide receiver they have. Because he, he's kind of like a Tyree Kill, and now you got two of those guys on the field at the same time. Like, that's insane. It's not fair. Like, and I then don't you know still, how you cover Yeah, honestly, it's not. Yeah. Well, that was and the then you still got to count for Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey. It's not good. It's um, like they have they have they have a fantasy team for an offense, you know. I'm pretty so, sure the Chiefs' offense put up more point, points on my fantasy team this year. <laughs> um. You had the Sammy Watkins game, right? Going in, you were like, this feels like a big Sammy Watkins game against the Titans. You had that pegged, right? Uh, I mean, if I say yes, does that make <laughs> me psychic? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I love this from... Um, so, this is, I, I believe, from Bill Barnwell on uh, the Chiefs game. And he said he and offensive... Mm-hmm. Uh, in, he's saying he is in Reed. An offensive coordinator, Eric Benemy. Uh, dialed up just four design runs across 27 first half plays. They ran the ball four times in the first half. Mahomes went 14 to 20 for 172 yards and two TDs before adding a third on the the touchdown run he had. Obviously, um, he had it. He finished the day with as many rushing first downs as Derrick Henry, which was four. That was the game. Wow. Well, even Derrick Henry, like they, they, Chiefs defense really like swarmed to the ball quickly. They got to him. They didn't make him a factor. And when you're playing from behind, like once the Chiefs got ahead and they got a, a pretty good lead, he's what can he do? Right now, it's in Tannehill's hands. Um, do you think they pay Tannehill? I think they have to, right? I think they have to. I don't know if I would though. They're in a tricky spot, spot too. They have a lot of free agents. It's kind of like, not exactly like, but when Flacco won the Super Bowl there in 2012, and they they had to pay him because he was he played so great. I feel like that's kind of a similar position there in with Tannehill, where it's just like he's forcing their hand, and there's no way after this run that they're going to be able to tell their fan base like, yeah, we're letting him walk. You know what I mean? It would be a bold ass move to let him walk and yeah start over yeah. again next year. Um, but I wouldn't hate it. Like, if they drafted a quarterback in the first round and let Tannehill walk, that's still not a bad approach to team building. Like, if they're just like, look, we have years of evidence that suggests this is just a hot hand from Tannehill and he's not actually one of the best quarterbacks in football and, like, the play-action streak that he was on is not sustainable. Like, that is fair. Like, if they do it, it's ballsy, but I I don't know. I paint quarterbacks. Yeah, I wouldn't hate that move at all. No. Like, I just – there's something terrifying about making Tannehill a top-10 paid – NFL quarterback like it you I would yeah, be nervous about be being crazy. Kirk Cousins 2.0 we we're like oh god we can't like what are we doing yeah because then you you really just hamstring your team after right when you take right. a ball back cap it's fine if you would be much more better suited or somebody like that who can yeah. do stuff with a limited cap number like he's just not a needle mover with a constrained cap like it it I I wouldn't pay him I don't think yeah no, I wouldn't either, to be honest. And then even if you, let's say we go with your scenario, you bring in a rookie quarterback, 
now you got a guy on a rookie contract, and as long as he plays fairly well, you can put more weapons around him, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what I would do. It'd be ballsy. It'd be tough to explain to the average fan, but I think... I, I would not hate it if they like let him walk and then took Herbert somewhere in the first round. Like I, I don't hate that yep. strategy. Um, the Titans averaged just three point seven yards per carry in this game, which was the first time they averaged less than five yards per run since Week Eight. Wow, that is nuts! It just of all the teams, like the Patriots didn't do it, the Ravens didn't do it. They both got gashed, but the Chiefs' defense is the one that finally slows down Derrick Henry. The playoffs are weird. Yeah, who would have thought that? You know, yeah. Um, the playoffs are always fun because you get you get you get all these guys who, um, like, they become heroes. You know, even like Raheem Mostert there, like, not someone you would think would be a breakout uh, playoff performer, but then all of a sudden now he's second to Eric Dickerson for most rushing yards in a playoff game, which is nuts. Yeah, it's um, it is absolutely nuts. Um, the Forty ers they end up winning 37 to 20. It, the score suggests it was closer than it actually was. Um, my favorite thing, Jimmy Garoppolo attempted zero passes, 20 plus yards downfield in this game. Not even one. So we attempted the same amount of passes, uh, 20 we yards did. down the field. Bench. You, me, America, we attempted the same number of passes <laughs> down the field that Jimmy Garoppolo did. But honestly, you don't have to. I mean, when you got no. a running game like that. You- you'd be dumb to throw it down the field and risk anything. Raheem Mostert um, was on six different NFL teams um, in the span of a year before five, before signing the, with the 49ers practice squad in 2016. Um, most rushing yards by an NFL player not named Eric Dickerson in a postseason game. Like 29 carries, 220 yards. Like just ridiculous. It was and a lot of it was after contact. It was the Derrick Henry thing where, like, that dude was getting hit early and he was just, he was moving through it. He was just on a, a man yeah, on a mission. Bouncing off tackles. Yeah, I was looking up his story this morning. It's kind of crazy. Undrafted. And, like you said, cut by six different teams. And now he's up there with uh, Eric Dickerson and his team's on the way to the Super Bowl. You know, and now like, Kevin Coleman got hurt too. So he's probably going to be the main guy again next week. And who knows where this story could potentially end after uh february 3rd or 2nd i um yeah we'll get to our picks last but uh yeah i think it's a great story and shanahan talked about this where he's like during the season they had actually a very even split they were very 50 50 on passing and running and the postseason they've been Mm -hmm. far more run heavy and it's really just because not because he wants to establish the run and all that kind of stuff it's more of like this is what we're given and what's working like we're just this if it's working we're not gonna fuck with this and i think that's a that's the smartest way about going about anything where it's like look i don't i i I can i'm flexible in my offensive philosophy where like if this is working right now this is what we're doing if it's not working at some point then we'll switch things up if this other thing was working early in the season we'll try this again like just being able to bounce around different things and being like well this will work or this won't work like the chiefs had a little bit of that yesterday too where damian williams they like the titans played zone in the second half to force them to run guess what damian williams ran and they had like a 13 plate drive and just killed a bunch of clock like you have to be able to do a multitude of things um and i think shanahan is is smart and they did what they needed to george kittle one catch for like four yards in this game you just don't 
sometimes you don't have to use certain guys that are awesome, but it just wasn't needed. And that's okay. It's okay that they didn't need Jimmy Garoppolo to do anything because we've seen like in the saints game where people forget, like, no, he's, he's done stuff like that. If need be, um, remember that 48, 46 game against the saints earlier this season where like he threw for 349 yards and four TDs. Like Garoppolo can. Yes. Yeah, I think that's dragon. just a testament to how good of a coach he is. Yeah. Yeah. But if you don't have to, you know, that's something, it's not uh, anything negative against them, but I think that's just, like I said, like a testament to how good of a coach uh, Shanahan is. You know, he's got a good feel for the game. He understands how things work. Um, even just watching pre-snap, all the stuff moving around, like he puts his players in the best position to succeed. Uh, doesn't matter who you are. Cause even, that offense besides Kittle it's not like they got Kittle Emmanuel Sanders and Debo Samuels but it's not like they got any gigantic names out wide that are gonna blow anyone away but they, they get the job done and that's because of coaching yeah um breaking news by the way from Jason Lacanfora as we're recording um he's hearing Uh-oh. a lot of buzz that Philip Rivers um is a possible landing spot for or, or Tampa Bay is a possible landing spot for Philip Rivers I could see that. But then what happens with Jameis? Jameis is gone then? Oh, yeah. Jameis is gone at that point. Where would he go? Who cares? I don't <laughs> even know. He's going to get The 30 and 30 club. Actually, I could see him in... Would you hate him in Pittsburgh? Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I can handle that. <laughs> there would be a couple of remotes going through my TV every Sunday then. I, Chicago would probably be where he goes if I had to bet. If he's out, I would guess I, Chicago. Yeah, I really want Chicago to get another quarterback because I, I just feel like Trubisky's holding them back. You know, that's a good defense they're wasting there. Uh, they got a good offense for Cohen. Just throw Jameis and, in there and uh, go Alan Robinson Cutler and let him throw around to Allen Robinson. Just let him throw crazy balls to Allen Robinson, Trey Burton, Tariq Cohen downfield, um, Anthony Miller. Just let him just go be crazy in Chicago. Well, that's what I mean. If there's one team that's uh, ready to deal with that, Chicago. They did it with Jake Cutler all those yeah. years. They're Let's used to this. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting just how many parallels there are between the Titans and the 49ers and just their strategy. Jump to an early lead, help match the team in, a, in the run game, and then just have a dominant defensive effort that keeps them in check. It's mm-hmm. it's work for the Niners. They work for the Titans up until this week. And I, um, I'm very fascinated by how this Super Bowl goes. Um, I'm leaning. I think the Chiefs are like slight favorites going in. I, I'm, I'm saying 49ers until I can really be convinced that the Chiefs offensive line can handle Bosa and company. I, I could see more so than the Titans and what their defense was because um, they, they didn't get any pressure on Mahomes in that game on Sunday. Like Mahomes yeah. had a lot of time and I just don't see that happening against Bosa and Armstead and everybody else. Um, Fred Warner is just great in coverage and Sherman. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how often he's matched up with Tyree Kill. I, I believe in the 49ers defense a lot more than I believe in any of the other defenses that the Chiefs have played. And... I I think the Niners win. Where do you, where do you stand on the Super Bowl going in? Uh, 
I think the same, honestly. I think that's what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to defense because both these offenses can move the balls, uh, move the ball whichever which way they want. The Chiefs, obviously, it's like all air out. 49ers, they, they can run it. But I think the 49ers defense and that, that front seven is just incredible, you know, and I think they're going to, if there's any way to beat Mahomes, it's obviously you got to get pressure on him, take it down before he can air it out. So I really, I believe the 49ers are going to win just because of their defense. Yeah, that's, that's around what, what do you think the final score will be? I think it's going to be low scoring. I think it's going to be like, really? Yeah. I really think they're going to get after Mahomes. I really, really do. I think, I think it'll be like be 31, like, 27. I could see that. I think it'll be close. I want to say right now, 27, 21. Yeah. Either way, I think it'll be one of the funnest uh, Super Bowls we've had in quite some time. I think we'll know early on. I think this is a Super Bowl where we'll know after this first quarter where it's going. I think if we see Mahomes just getting beaten down and the time of possession is a lot in the Niners' favor early, then I'm just like, oh, this is how this game's going to go. Like, they're they're going to be in control. But if the Chiefs yeah. get up early and they're, like, up 14 nothing, you're like, oh, this is uh, this is a problem. The, the Niners can't score enough to combat this. I, I think we'll know early on. I think it's going to be a lot of back and forth. Mm. Like, just one score, the other guy scores, and then, yeah, I think it'll be a shootout. But looking forward to it. As am I. Um, all right, man. Well, this was a lot of fun. I appreciate uh, you taking the time to come on today. Um, great first appearance uh, while you're in Mobile, Alabama. Yeah. Um, Thank you for having me, man. It was a blast. Well, what can we check out from you this week at Steelers Depot or anywhere else, Daniel? Uh, yes. Yeah, so on Steelers Depot there, me and Alex Kazora are down here, and we're going to have a bunch of, uh, like, after every practice, we're going to have a practice report, interviews with the players. And you can check that all out on Steelers Depot, or you can follow me at Stats Guy Daniel, or you can even follow Alex too. And yeah, we're going to have a lot of great stuff this week. All right, well, go check that out. I'll check it out. Daniel, keep up the great work, and I will talk to you soon. Sounds good, man. All right, that'll do it for today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. Thank you uh, to the wonderful guests for coming on today's show. Thank you. Uh, to my wonderful listeners for listening to today's episode. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. Um, If you like today's episode, leave a five-star rating and a review on Apple. It would be great. Um, It helps the show continue to grow, and I would very much appreciate it. Uh, You can also support the show on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. For as little as $5 a month, it helps the show keep the lights on. So that would be a great help to me as well. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Chase underscore Thomas. You could go to Chase Thomas podcast.com, which has all of my stuff, all of my episodes ever um, links to everything that you need um, and all of my writing that uh, I'm doing fairly often these days um, on the NFL, on NBA, on college football, on pro wrestling. I write about everything. I write a lot. Um, so go read me on that front. So if you're not tired of listening to me, you can also read me. Um, so that's awesome. But uh I think that's enough self-promotion from me for one episode. Uh, I hope you continue listening. That would be great. And uh, I will talk to you all again very soon. Thanks, guys. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.
Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.